Welcome to episode two of the Hellhounds of Horror podcast. We got a good one for your ass today. We're going to be discussing The Exorcist 3, talking the new it coming out. We're going to talk about it, what we think, all that good shit. We're going to bullshit with y'all a bit, and we're going to have some fun. Your hosts this evening are John, Al, and David. Gentlemen, how's your Monday going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, it's a holiday here in Canada, so uh, I've had a day off. I've done nothing apart from talk to you guys. I watched The Exorcist 3 today, so that was fun. Uh, I watched The X-Files. It's been, a, it's been a good day. What about you, Al? Today's been pretty good. Um, I, too, had the day off purposely and just woke up late, so I called in. I also, just like y'all gentlemen, have watched Exorcist 3 for kind of the first time in my entire life, in a way. I'm sure we'll I'll dig down deep into later. Um, literally lounged around and snacked and played with my dog. So it's been nice. pretty eventful. I'd say. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Let's talk about this movie because we've just fucking, um, we've all just barely watched it or finished it. I finished it like 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. So I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it right now. I could not take this movie seriously because every time Brad Dourif opened his fucking mouth, it sounded like Chucky every single time. And I just cracked up laughing. I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> I know that voice. I know it. Oh man! On the topic of that, just we're we're going to go into more detail. But did anyone notice the line that Brad Dorif's character says? He said, "I heard him say child's play one time." He oh, did. God, he said it. I was when like, he, and when he said it, I was like, "Let me find out." This is where they got the idea from Chucky, and I saw that he said child's play, and he and they were like kind of doctoring this little fucking gingerhead boy. So I was like, "Okay, there's something going on here." I'm curious. Yeah, the line is, it's all child's play, Lieutenant. That's what he says. I picked up on that right away, and I was like, oh, shit, son. That was a good little a little Easter egg for all, for all of us right there. Was there one part of the movie that made you jump or kind of creeped you out or scared the shit out of you? Because there was one for me. There was two for me. So the guy, he was, he was talking to the possessed guy, Damien, right? The cop was talking to him. So he comes out of the room, and he was telling him about... Um, Something Jack Horner or something like that. Um, yeah. I forgot the speech. Anyways, so he comes out and he's going down the hall. He fucking sits down. He's thinking to himself. He gets up and he keeps going. And he goes into that area where all the fucking patients are and shit. And that right. fucking old lady was fucking crawling on the ceiling. Like she just came out of nowhere. And I was like, no, what's going on? Especially what's what's happening here? Yeah. yeah, that was fucking trippy as shit. I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, whoa. It went by so quickly, I didn't realize that was what was happening for a second. And I had to, like, really concentrate to figure out, like, what the fuck was going on. <laughs> oh, shit. What was the other thing, David? You said there was two pieces or just one? No, that's the one that scared the shit out of me the most. But, I mean, other than that, I think this one was better than the than the first two. Just wow. because it had more... I mean, the first one's always going to be iconic because it was the first one, whatever. But the third one is better. I think it scared me more than the first two. Interesting. Interesting. That's a, that's a good thought. That's there was a, a, a couple of like um, like jump parts because he's, he's talking to, to Damien in, in the cell. And, you know, the one part where he's falling asleep. And then he he can hear the guy inside talking, right, to help yeah. him. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets close, he just fucking comes out of nowhere. And it's like, no! And his fucking Chucky voice and shit, and <laughs> that shit scared me too, man. Fuck. That was one of mine. 
when she's running across the ceiling. That was one of mine too. My another one was when she hears like the weird noise in the room and she goes in and it's the ice sort of melting and crackling. And then the guy wakes up. For some reason, I fucking jumped at that shit. I knew something. I knew something was gonna happen, but I jumped when he like sat right up and he's like shouting at her, saying like he can't get any sleep and all that. Yeah, and the the other part was when she hears the noise in the other room, and uh, she goes in. She closes the door to lock it, and it yeah. instantly opens. And then the nurse, the nun, uh, comes chasing after her. That scared the shit out of me. That was, although I was expecting it because I knew the scene because I'd seen it before. It still it fucking gave me shit, man. All right, so my the two scenes that scared me. That was one of them when she closed the door and it reopened. Literally after closing it, and it was coming after her, and you saw the Jesus Christ the head off. This I think what scared me the most about that was the score. Fucking piano, boom! That shit was fucking scary. And it, literally immediately after that fucking entity was going after her. And then finding out that it took her intestines out and replaced it with Catholic rosary beads. That shit was crazy. I thought that was a, a it was, and I'm also happy they didn't show that scene. It lets, it lets you visualize it and imagine, and imagine it in your own brain, what that, what that crime scene looked like. So I thought that was good. And of course the other scene that scared me was when that priest was in the fucking room at the very end, he was praying to him the whole, um, I guess the exorcism and his fucking Bible burst into flames and shit in his face, like at like Bible ash in his face. Shit was going haywire. That scene, just like that part, was like, oh fuck! Like I didn't expect um, the priest to go out like that. I didn't expect that either. Honestly, I, I didn't expect anything crazy like that. The leaving it to your to your mind to like visualize what had yeah. really happened. Yeah. To- to me, that's real fucking horror right there. Because nowadays, I mean, you have horror movies and they show you everything because they want to use graphics and CGI and all that shit. But yeah. back in the 80s and the 70s, they would leave that little bit fucking hanging to make you think about that scenario and let the fear run through your fucking brain of what it could have looked like. Could it look like this? Could it look like that? I mean, that's fucking, that's scary shit to me, dude. And a lot of movies are lacking that shit these days. Because everyone wants to just show everything. They want the big payoff. They want the big payload right. for the, the the big gory scene at the end, the climax, to like tie everything together. They always want to do that. But I think it is, you're right, it's more it's scarier when you think about it afterwards because you don't really know what happened. You just have to try and visualize it, which is, again, scarier. Because there's nothing scarier than your own mind, in my opinion. Ooh, I like that. That's, that's some real shit right there. Holy fuck, I was real as fuck. That's, a ta- that's like a tattoo quote, motherfucker. I like that. <laughs> and I just looked up when this movie came out. It came out in 1990. Right. Now, when I was watching this with my girlfriend, she's like, how old is this movie? Because I guess the way they filmed it, I don't know what kind of lens they used or whatever. It had a really vintage vibe to it. Yeah. Almost like it could have been a 70s movie. In a sense, like it had, it had that feel. It just broke into the 90s. So it was technically still kind of an 80s movie. Like mm-hmm. as far as the technology and the cameras they were using. Um, True. It, it had that gloss. It had that glare. That remember on um, Hellraiser two, that fucking girl. I can't think of her name. The little blonde headed girl. Right. Uh, yep. Whenever it, it goes into like dream mode or like a, a past life of like a past time of hers, it had that gloss type of um shit was kind of cloudy. Yeah. About to go down the, that, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm glad someone knows what the fuck I'm so long because I feel like I don't. Uh. That shit right there, <laughs> it was just good, man. <laughs> History was good, bro. I loved it. And I'm surprised I liked it because I thought I was going to fucking hate it. 
I actually have a very cool quote, or not quote, but like a, I have a very cool piece of trivia for you guys related to this movie specifically. Let's do it. Did you know that The Exorcist 3 was one of Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movies? <laughs> and he also used to make his victims watch it with him. Exorcist 3, which he called underrated, and Star Wars were his two favorite movies that he used to make people watch. No shit. Yep. He also, you know, the altar that's in the movie, apparently he tried to build it, or he wanted to build it. Uh-huh. He was just obsessed with it. One thing that I find really interesting from the movie is that the Gemini killer, he takes trophies for his victims. So he would take like a take a piece of them, he would take their I think it was their liver. Or no, I'm thinking I'm mixing that up with X Files. <laughs> but he he did used to he used to take something from them and keep it as a souvenir. Which again was something that Jeffrey Dahmer did. He kept their head. He found out they actually say um, Brad Dourif's character. Uh, I think they call him Patient X or the Gemini Killer. He says that once you've decapitated someone, their brain's still active for up to twenty seconds afterwards. So what he would do is show them their body as like an added bonus, which I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer did as well. Dude, that's some fucking sick shit right there. It's pretty deep, right? Hell yeah. Watch yourself die in the last 20 seconds? Holy fuck. Yeah, like that was that was interesting to me as well. Also, it's set in Georgetown, which is in, uh, I think it's D.C. or Virginia. Technically, they're the same state. But Georgetown is a great little place. I went to visit, and we went to the stairs from the original movie, which I think they also used in the third one slightly. Uh, right at the very beginning when there's like the sequence where the fog's like coming away and that's at the same stairs so I went to go visit that and you can go there it's literally called the exorcist steps if you put it in the google maps I um I saw that picture when you posted on instagram a, few, a while back yeah man it was fun man it's got a little plaque that says that it's from the exorcist it's cool. no shit interesting yeah but I thought that was a really fun fact that I actually look, I looked up and thought it was just fucking interesting as shit that's crazy, man. I know. How scary is that? Oh, yeah, that's scary. And I think as well, uh, the Gemini Killer was kind of loosely based on the Zodiac, or they mentioned something about the Zodiac. I can't really remember. I don't think they mentioned the Zodiac, did they? Yeah, they did at one point. The police officer mentioned it. I can't. He just said something like the Zodiac. or. Oh, yeah, they were going over some evidence, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, he's okay, the- okay. He's called the Gemini, which is he uses this the zodiac sign of the Gemini, and he carves yeah. it. He carves it out of their hand, and it's 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 very interesting how they try to throw off the the crazies, as yeah. they said, by making up facts about the case, and then that's how they would know the real killer. You know, I, I I'm waiting for okay. For example, you know all these exorcism movies, all these um vari- all these varieties of demons that are in the you know, in the Bible, in the Satanic Bible, all these different demons, correct? Right. So I'm waiting for a movie to come out where someone is possessed by the devil. Like him himself, I know that, um, I think it's it's quite possible that the dude that we just had on Exorcist 3, in the, he was locked up. I imagine that probably could have been him. They never really state who it is. You know, and of course, they have Zuzu for the original Exorcist. They got, 
you know, exorcism in Italy rose. She had a numerous amount, and then she had the devil at the end. So I want, I want to see an exorcism movie or just another a possessed film with the devil himself. And I want to see like I'm pretty sure that exists, no? Because isn't the Vatican tapes about that where the girl is the Antichrist at the, at the end of the movie? Well, that's not really the devil, is it? I don't fucking know. I thought they were the same guy. <laughs> I don't. I try not to dive into religion too much, dude. Yeah, like it's it's cool as well that they they reference back to the original Exorcist a lot, but what they don't do is they don't reference the Exorcist two because it was so so poorly received critically and commercially. I don't even uh, remember that fucking movie. Me neither. <laughs> I just remember older Linda Blair. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and and like disco, like. Oh, so it's so part two of Exorcist is like the part six of Friday the Thirteenth. Makes sense. No, part three is the Jason lives of Friday the Thirteenth. Part two for Exorcist is part five of Friday the Thirteenth, where no, no where there's people no went. Let hear me out. People went to go and see it. They were so fucking pissed off, and it <laughs> and it ruined their their whole experience with Friday the Thirteenth to the point where people didn't really go and see Jason Lives because they didn't trust it anymore. That's probably what it was like with Exorcist 3. So, if I recall, because I've seen Crystal Lake Memories, I'm sure we've all have, on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Um, part 5 did amazing compared to Part 6 box office. Exactly. If they're bamboozled. So. But, that's, that's exactly why. Because they were bamboozled for Part 5, they didn't go and see Part 6. So that's why it didn't do well. Even though it's a superior film. <laughs> so Exorcist 2 is like Halloween 3. For casuals. Well, actually, no, maybe not for casuals. For diehard fans, because people were not happy when they saw Season of the Witch. They were not happy. So there's there's the Exorcist 2, the heretic, or heretic. There's yeah. uh, Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. The best one, yes. There's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Those are three movies from what... From Three of the most successful franchises almost plummeted the entire thing. So when they brought out the next one, people were hesitant to go and see it because it wasn't what they were expecting. They, they didn't get the whole... Because when people went in and see Halloween 3, they were expecting Michael Myers. He wasn't there. Right. There was no reference to Michael Myers. So since we got those that trifecta going on, let's, let, let's go ahead and bring Freddy Krueger into this. What sequel to the Freddy Krueger franchise is... An Exorcist 2, or a Part 5, Friday the 13th, or a Halloween 3? Nightmare on Elm Street, that's a very good question. My thoughts on it would be that it was Part 2, maybe? I think so. Because people were expecting, like, Friday the 13th, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street, dark-ass Freddy Krueger, kind of fucking shop, Nancy, yeah, exactly. So, and when that came out, people were like, wait, what the fuck? And then when it came out, with Dream Warriors, again, to some people it's a superior movie, but everyone was just so jaded from the last one that it didn't do well initially. It's like they're all loved movies now. Like like you said, your fun, your favorite, uh, Friday Thirteenth is Part Five. That stands it that stands its test of time, really. I I will admit Friday Thirteenth Part Five is a good one. It's nowhere near as good as Six, but it's still good. I appreciate it. For a long time, I hated it. For a long time, I didn't like Season of the Witch either. Actually, I'm in the minority probably for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because I actually really liked it. 
Okay, so I'll admit on this podcast right now, part six is obviously superior to part five. Actually, it might be superior to all of them, in my opinion. But I still hate part three of uh, Halloween. And um, as far as Nightmare on Elm Street goes, it's kind of hard for me to choose because I did like the second one. People think three is superior to, to Dream Warriors. I'm sorry, I'm Dream Master. Uh, that's 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 a different debate for a different time. It may it may actually be Dream Master. People might be, or um, what was the one with the Dream Child with the child in it and all that. Supposedly, from what I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, everyone has their own thing. What about you, David? Which one would you say is the worst Nightmare on Elm Street? The worst Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I'd have to say the second one, dude, because I don't fucking remember shit from it. See, I mean, I think I rem- is is that the one? That's the one with um the pool. He um, jumps out of the pool and he fucking vanishes after jumping through glass and shit. And he has the two fucking Rottweiler, ugly ass looking dogs. With yeah. The, face on them. Uh, the oh, one where he's dancing in his underwear. We interviewed the fucking guy, didn't we? Yeah, Mark Patton, yeah. David Mark Patton from part two. <laughs> Mark Cuban. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, part two is Wes Craven's least favorite name on Elm Street. He hated it. He hated it. He had nothing to do with it. He took wanted nothing to do with it. He didn't like the fact that Freddy came out to the real world. He didn't like when he said, you're all my children now. He hated yeah. it. RP them. Well, shit. Yeah. Hey, but... um. Now that we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, I got some history that I want to share with y'all. Oh, yeah? Go right ahead. I thought about, you know, doing something on here that, you know, just to be informative, right? So thought about, you know, this day in horror history, basically. Yeah. So August 5th, something happened on August 5th, right? John Saxon. Do we know who John Saxon is? John Saxon is the dad in Nightmare on Elm Street? The cop. Yeah, the dad. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so he's the dad, right? So he was born August 5th, 1935. Wow. Played right. Lieutenant Donald Thompson on Nightmare on Elm Street on Dream Warriors. And he even came out on Wes Craven's new Nightmare when they did the new glove. He came out in it. So yeah, so there's your, your Freddy link right there. Also, he had roles in all kinds of horror movies like back in the 70s and 80s and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, like in Beyond Evil in 1980, Cannibal Corpse also 1980. Nightmare Beach. I've never fucking seen Nightmare Beach. That was 1988. There was a lot of horror movies, like cheesy, shitty ones that he was in. Nice. Yeah. What else happened in that, on that day of horror? Anything else? In 1998, on August 5th, Halloween H2O, 20 years later, was theatrically released. Very cool. And I actually really liked Halloween H2O. Oh, Wasn't yeah. that bad. This is the one with... Uh, with um, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, Josh Hartnett. He gets the fucking, he gets the fucking, um, just the skate in his fucking face on the recliner. Yep. Do you know who, yeah. do you know who that kid is? Um, he was on 50-50. He had cancer. He was also Robin, wasn't he? Oh, Jason Gordon-Levitt. Jason, Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jason, I said Jason. <laughs> <laughs> then I said it as well. I think, um, an underrated Michael Myers movie is, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers Part 6 with Paul Rudd. You think so? I think it's underrated. I think it has a lot more brutal gore kills in it than it uh, doesn't get on. I still can't uh, believe... Dude, I can't believe Paul Rudd was fucking Ant-Man in Endgame. No shit, right? He's the man. He's also going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie. Do you know that, David? Yeah, I know that. And the, one of the kids from Stranger Things, the one with the long hair, he was dating the uh, Eleven. Um, uh, Mike, Fred no. Wolfhard? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. of Horror, we support Calpurnia. Fred oh, Wolfhard, yeah. if you want to come on the show... You're more than welcome. 
John, have you seen anything Stranger Things by chance? Uh, I've seen season one and season two. I've not seen season okay. three yet. You need to get on three, bro. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been told. I've been told by a bunch of people. It's good. It's You'll like it. And it has a lot of nostalgic shit that we've seen in the past. So It's, it's it. solid. Kind of sucks that they're going to stop at four, but in a way it's kind of good because let's say they went seven or eight seasons. How many fucking Demogorgons and fucking things are they going to kill yeah. before it just becomes like flat? Well, not only that, but when will that fucking kid get his teeth? Like, damn, he's been without it for so long and he's got to have some money, bro. He needs to hopefully get a surgery done soon. <laughs> did, did y'all ever see when he came out on uh, what's his name um it was either jimmy kimmel or maybe it was jimmy kimmel or it was the other guy what's his name it's right there on the tip of my fucking tongue what is that guy's name why do you have children on the tip of your tongue <laughs> 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 anyways are you talking about anyways. uh are you talking about the guy who plays the cop no 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 no, no. it's the oh. kid the kid with no, no teeth oh uh, gate gate and matarazzo yeah so he comes out on the show, right? And he's out there talking and joking and bullshitting with whoever he was on with. And he tells him that he's got like uh he's got no bones in his shoulder or something like that. Yep. So when he goes like this, it completely folds in. Like he's missing like his collarbones or something like that. Some shit. He has a serious disease. Really bad one. So here here's my question going back to the movie. How did we get to the fucking priest? From the little girl. That, that's what I want to know. So the is, isn't it in part one where the demon jumped from her right to the priest and that's where he's at today. But in the second one, it's just about how the girl's growing up after it happened, right? Basically, the way it ties in from the third one to the first, they basically they take out the entire second. They don't even reference it. So the third movie, or the, well, let's, let's start with the first one. So you are right. At the end of the first Exorcist movie, spoiler alert, Father Caris, he takes uh, the demon Pazuzu into his body instead, and then he takes control for a split second and flies out the window. He throws himself out the window to kill himself. So then when we get to Exorcist 3, Father Caris shows up, and you're just like, wait, what the fuck? And then you realise how they did it, and I thought that was very, very interesting and very cool that... They basically saved, like, the, the demon saved him because he wanted to punish him for taking what he wanted. He didn't he let him the girl. finish. Exactly, he wanted the girl. So he used all his resources to to build Father Caris's brain from zero to where it is. So it starts to, like, come back up now. And, and yeah, like, it's, it's just, it's so fucking demonic, that, that whole aspect of them just fixing them so that they can terrorize them for the rest of his life yeah that's truly evil that is true evil what was your favorite scene in the whole movie that does gonna name one favorite scene that stuck out to you the most david you go first every time that he bursted out yelling and it sounded like chucky that was the most entertaining favorite part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bitch no shit right that sounded yeah. really I noticed, yeah, I noticed stuff like that. There was a lot of references to uh, Child's Play, like that. Oh, uh, real quick, before we keep going. So, do you ever see in the beginning of the of the movie where they first go into the cell? Or it might be the second time, but he's there in the dark mumbling and he's giving some kind of quote, right? Yeah. All right, do you remember the specifics of the quote? Um, 
I don't. It's like service something. Okay, so that one, and then towards the end when he's talking to the cop, and he tells something about uh, mutilating his friends and on and on and on, where he's, yeah. where he's giving that speech. Those two songs are openers for two songs for Children of Bodom. I don't know if you've ever heard them before. I have heard of them. I didn't know that was the... Two of their songs, they open up with those two quotes. Like One opens with one and the other one opens with the other, and then uh -huh. it goes into the fucking song. So this movie has a lot of influences. Yeah, yeah. it definitely does. Jeffrey, it has The whole yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine myself being kidnapped by that fucking weirdo and then having him watch that shit. I want, <sighs> that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would be... That would be scary, man, because it's a scary fucking movie. Mm -hmm. And he would just, like, cuddle them and watch The Exorcist 3 and then kill them. Sometimes he'd watch Star Wars. <laughs> then he'd pull out his lightsaber. Oh! <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite scene had to have been at the very end, whenever God comes and shines light on the cross, priest picks it up. For that split moment that exorcist the the demon was gone he's like kill me now this is your chance he shot him and then puts that pistol to his head and he's like you have freed me now lay me to rest he says something like that and i was like i was literally clapping i was i was like holy shit that was fucking beautiful and then they end it right there credits roll that was perfect i like that as well i like the way they ended it honestly with the whole he see and the, the the thing that i really liked about father caris's character is that He's the hero in Exorcist 1, and he's again the hero in Exorcist 3, because he's just doing everything he can to try and stop this thing. So he offers himself up again, so he gets killed again, essentially. He gets killed, brought back to life, and then killed again. He's a truly strong character. I, can, I, thought, I thought that was really cool. That was something I, I noticed as well. Uh, just Father Karras in general, just... And then he just, like, blasts him, and, and that comes up with, like, the... The sun. Yeah. Anyone that's going, anyone that's listening to this, if you're going to a convention and Brad Dourif's going to be there, bring him something Exorcist three to sign. That might, you know, that might put some sensation in those balls of his because he's signing Chucky shit for fucking decades. I think if you bring him something every now and then, the Exorcist three, he might actually appreciate that. True. That and Deadwood. Have you guys ever seen Deadwood? I don't think I've seen that one. Deadwood is is an incredible TV show. But isn't it also a movie after the TV show? They just released the movie this year, um, but the TV show was out like maybe 10 or so years ago. He plays the doctor, and he's he's mad as a fucking box of rocks. Um, but, he, <laughs> but he helps everyone, and he's just so fucking great. And it's just like, holy shit, it's fucking Chucky. Holy shit, it's fucking Chucky. Another good movie to get him to sign is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, that's a good one. That's a great Ooh, movie. A Never seen it that. before. That's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Jack Nicholson is incredible in that, but Brad Dourif, oh, man. Every role he's in, he's just so intense. So what what is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest about? So Jack Nicholson is uh, put into an insane asylum. Uh -huh. He basically he's charged with something. From what I remember, I've not seen this in a while either, from what I remember, he's charged with something and pleads insanity, so they put him in an insane asylum. So it's him talking to these like inmates, and he starts to become friends with them. But Brad Dorif's in it, and he plays one of the inmates. Interesting. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Brad Dorif's performance is amazing. He actually got nominated for an Oscar for that. No shit, that's pretty yeah. good. 
But I, I loved the scene that I liked the most was uh-huh. his like monologue where the first time where you finally meet the Gemini killer through Father Karras and he transforms into Brad Dorif. That just initial monologue with the uh, the police officers just sitting there silent, just waiting for like just waiting for the guy to just go through everything and he starts telling him all the facts about the murders and it's just so intense and the the, the different voices it changes because it's a because it's a demon so it can shape or it can change voices and shape shift and all that and leap. That was really really special for me. I thought that was a fucking incredible performance. So fucking intense. It was good and it was the the, the dialogue was very um you could feel it like you know you you can feel his words and I was like sitting I was sitting there eating a sandwich watching I was like oh fuck he's dead serious about the shit that he's speaking right now and that's how you like it, it was just powerful. Here's my question. Why is this fucking cop such an asshole, dude? Did you see the way he was talking to that fucking nurse? He was being a real fucking dick to her when he was inquiring, when he was like interviewing her. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He was a real fucking dick. What's up with that? I think he was just super intense. Like this was, a, I think this was a case that he's, he, well, he also knew uh, Father Karras personally. So when he realizes it's Father Karras, he just gets really intense about it, the whole thing, and he's just his lack of patience is just not. It's not patience isn't there anymore. Put it that way. That's what happens when you get old, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're sitting over there in the corner. Looks like you're pissing on the floor, and you're just putting stuff in a bowl. One of the things I noticed. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but maybe it's just because I watched Phenomena recently. But I thought that the dream sequences that were in this were very much like Dario Argento. Yes. Yeah, do you think that too? Like the scene where it's like heaven and like the band's playing and stuff like that. It was like like The Shining or like Dario Argento's like spark. Did y'all notice yeah. that Easter egg inside the, that fucking lineup of people when they were going to that that hall of heaven? Fabio? Yeah, Fabio yeah. was in there. Yeah. I wrote that down as well. I wrote that cameo. Uh, cameo was made by Fabio as an angel. <laughs> I fucking saw that guy and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Fabio. <laughs> uh, do you know who Fabio is? I'm sitting here thinking hard as shit. I don't. I've heard the name, but I don't recall. Did y'all ever get the commercial up in Canada where he did the I believe it, I can't believe it's not butter when it used to come out in a spray bottle? He was on the commercial. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I never saw that. I don't Me neither. know why that sticks in my head, too, but it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Whenever I hear Fabio, I think of uh, Leprechaun 3, The Magician. Oh, no shit. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. When I hear Fabio, I immediately think of a shitty magician. So. <laughs> <laughs> that dude was trash, man. Do, do, you know, do you know what I think of when I think of Fabio? Do you ever see Dude Where's My Car? Yeah. And they're stopped at the traffic light, and they like rev the car engine, and then uh, cor- like a portable, uh, not a portable, a convertible drives up next to them, and the guy has like super long hair. I'm pretty sure that's Fabio as well. No shit. And uh, they like rev the engine and then he, Fabio starts making out with a girl and then they start making out with each other. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Fabio at least. I'm, anyone that's listening, if you want to fact check that and let me know, much appreciated. But I'm pretty sure it's Fabio. It looks very much like him. It's got to be Fabio. Hell yeah. He'll do, he'll do anything for a buck. Absolutely, especially after his accident. I'm pretty sure he, he fell off a horse or something. 
Oh, that's Fabio. Okay. Yeah. I'm IMDb in this dude right now. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. You mean he got Christopher Reeve? No, he never got paralyzed. He just like fucked up his face so he couldn't model anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude burns my car, bubble boy. Superman. Yeah. Yeah, and he used did burns my car. Brilliant. Good fucking shout, man. Yeah. Another thing that this movie reminds me of is, did you guys ever see Hellraiser Inferno? No. I might have once. I remember seeing, I've seen all of them once in a, a series, like, day, but... Right. Well, Hellraiser Inferno is, like, it's like a cop mystery, like, murder mystery, for the most part. And then right at the end, that's when the sedimites and stuff come in. This yeah. is what this kind of reminds me of as well. They fucking, uh, the very end, they, the cop, I guess he gets his head chopped in half or some shit. Like, two blades come out of nowhere, and it fucking slices them or something. Some, yeah, know. something like that, but... Yeah, uh, yeah it, it really reminds me of that, because it's, like, a murder mystery to begin with, and then right at the end, it's this, like, crazy exorcism shit. Like, it just kind of takes a takes a turn. It just almost as if it was a movie, and then kept the namesake for yeah. selling purposes, like Exorcist 3... Originally, they didn't want to have an exorcism at the end. Uh-huh. That was the studio that said that, apparently. Then after that, Inferno was just like, it's kind of similar. It's, it's, Inferno, I feel like, is a very good movie. Yeah, the main character died. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great. You know what? That movie reminds me of some Saw films, actually. I get, like, Saw vibes from it, because it's like, do you want to play a game type of shit? And that cop has to go through all kinds of different scenarios. For the crime right. that he did, or that someone did, I can't recall. And then at the end, he ends up dying. Right. So that, I get a saw vibe from that film. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's very influential. I, I think it's it's a very influential film. It's a very good film. What he said. <laughs> and uh, as well, those creepy fucking Jesus statues and like religious statues of all the different priests. Bro, that one in the beginning. When the door swung open, yeah, and the eyes opened up. That shit right there gave me the fucking chills. I was watching my girlfriend. She's like, "Why did his eyes open?" I was like, "He's a statue." So that let me know that, that how much fear was given off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was some spiritual fear right there, dude. Yeah, they were they were all super creepy. There was one of the ones that looked like the Joker. Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, there's um, that those religious that religious stuff. I'm not too religious myself. But whenever it comes to like the Virgin Mary crying and there's blood streaming on her face, yeah, of course, or, or some like you know Jesus Christ on the crucifix or on that cross, and all of a sudden his feet and his hands start bleeding, that shit hits a different kind of scary. That's yeah, scary. that's scary, it, man. It, it hits a different kind of nerve that kind of makes you think, oh fuck, shit's about to go down. And then the uh, the end scene, like the end sequence. Uh, where he tries to call home and the nurse goes and then they're just like, why Why did you send a nurse? Like, she just keeps asking to go to bed or is it bedtime? Yeah. And then pulls those fucking shears out and tries to chop his daughter's head off. She was close. Oh, she was close. She got whipped by the hair. She was I'm talking about inches away from cutting that fucking neck, bro. Inches? Inches. Whole lot of inches. I, I think I, I think I even stood up. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Damn. And then yeah, so she pulls out the shears, and uh, fucking goes to chop her. She gets her hair pulled and she moves it away. I thought they would have at least gotten like 
a little bit. Like a clip? You thought they were going to get like a clip on the neck? Yeah, like a clip on the neck and then fucking blood spitting ass goes everywhere. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And then he just pops the, the nurse in the face. That was that was cool. The um, Where he gets stuck to the ceiling, like Al said, that was one of his scariest, scariest moments. When he gets stuck to the ceiling, when he's going through the exorcism, and he just starts to like peel off, like it peels off the side of his yeah. face, and he just drops to the floor, and his back's all like fucked up and shit. That was kind of fucked up, dude. That, that was gnarly. And the makeup they did on um, Father Caddis as well, when he's all possessed, with, like the bright eyes and the purple skin and shit. See, that's good. That's good makeup work right there. Hell yeah, it was it was really well done. Really good practical effects, so I, I enjoyed that part. That was that was really cool. What what about you, David? What were uh, some other scenes that you liked? What were your thoughts on the ending? So the ending was intense, dude. Um, the the whole exorcism where where like you said, he got his skin peeled off, and then the fucking cop is plastered up against the wall, and the kind of like ending where it was kind of put him out of his misery, you know, and at the same time, you know, freeing him up as far as you know taking him. You know, he's, he's setting him free, basically. You know what I mean? That shit hit hard, dude. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was it was like he was finally getting his freedom back. And he was getting a proper burial. It's like you were a prisoner in your own body, and this is the only way to get free. I've also thought it was powerful when it showed you, like, him, everyone at his funeral, and, like, him being buried in the, the gravestone and all that. Because everyone thought he died before, but he, he didn't. Or he, he did, but he's brought back to life and reanimated, so... It's like finally laying him to rest because he spent seventeen to like fifteen to seventeen years being just built back up again, and then tortured to finally be at peace. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, dude. Some intense moments there, but yeah, I would say that was probably the most best intense moment for me is the ending because it was just so big at the very end that it just kind of. I don't know. I don't know how what I don't know how I feel like. How can I say um, the ending? You know, all that shit happened, and then it just cuts to the end where that dude is looking out the window, and then it just ends the fucking movie. But at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those movies where it was made to put that fear in you to make you think, you know, that leave you hanging on that little bit. So I feel like that's where the ending was too, where kind of just like, well, that's what happened. So you put together what happened at the end, what happened afterwards. What else happened? What, what, another cool thing about this movie was um, the guy that wrote the original Exorcist, uh, William Peter Blatty, I think his name is, he, he wrote and directed the Exorcist 3. So his vision from the first to the third is just is, is intact. He had full control over it. So he wanted to just tell the story that he wanted to tell. For the most part, he got to, but apart from that exorcism at the end, apparently he didn't want that. And it was his studio that wanted that. So Screen Factory put out a release, which is closer to the vision that uh, William Peter Blatty had for the movie. Yeah, okay. it's a great movie. What what would you rate it? Let's rate it first of all. I'm thinking that we do a different kind of rating system. We just keep it simple. We either give it a thumbs up or we give it a thumbs down. That's a great idea, David. I love that. So, David, you go first. So either the movie was good or it was straight ass. I give that motherfucker a thumbs up, solid, dude, all the way around. I give I give it a solid thumbs up too, like extended thumbs up. Like I put my second thumb up as well. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, man. This film also gets a thumbs up for me. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs up all the way around. Love it, guys. Great film. Great choice. Yeah. Um, I kind of somehow picked this. We all agreed to it. We're doing this differently as far as the movie picking system while we're on YouTube. For some reason, we're doing it a little differently. 
and I'm still trying to get the hang of how we're doing that. So I'm not sure how we're picking the next movie yet. I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end of this podcast. Basically, I think we're just going to kind of come to like a, a, a meeting of the heads and basically say, hey, what do you think about this movie? Hey, what do you think about this movie? Hey, what do you think about this movie? Now, nah, let's leave that other movie out. So which one do you think? This one or this one? And we'll just kind of break it down and go from there. And then I think that's how we we'll pretty much pick our movie. We'll just kind of come to a consensus. We'll all give a suggestion and then come together and just decide on one. I agree. I'm cool with I like that. it. So now that we've given this movie the thumbs up, because we all know that it's good. What about this It 2 movie, man? I'm fucking oh, psyched man. for it. The first one was good. I had no complaints about the movie. What do you think about this new one? Just on the trailers alone, what do you think so far? Oh, man. I am so fucking excited about It Chapter 2. From the trailers that I've seen going into it, I was impressed. It's going to be way more profitable. It's going to be more successful, I think, than It Chapter 1 because Ooh. of the, the all-star cast that it has and the follow-up from the first one. Like A lot of people watched It Chapter 1, but I think a lot more people are going to go and watch It Chapter 2 in the movies. Who is this actor? Who, who's the actor with the glasses? He's usually in funny movies. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. I, I don't recall many, but I, in my opinion, I don't think I've seen him in a serious acting film. He's always been the the, the ha ha guy in all all those films. Yeah. So I'm really interested in how he's going to be in this film, where he has to be serious at some point, sometimes point in times. You know, yeah. I don't recall. Yeah. I don't even recall him being in any scary movies. Don't kill me if there is one that he's in. Well, he came out in, in House of a Thousand Corpses, no? He was Fishboy? No, that's Ray Wilson. Oh, that's Ray Wilson. They look alike. They look, they look very similar. Um, I, I, I can't think of him being in any horror movies. I, I, you know, Hopefully someone who's listening to this can DM one of us and prove my ass wrong, because I don't recall any. But yeah, um, I'm excited for it, too. It just looks really good from the materials that we're getting ahead of time. Um, it, co- it comes out on my birthday, like the day of. Hell yeah. Getting your friends together and my kids are all going to go fucking jam pack in that damn theater. Uh, it just looks really good. And I, what I'm hoping for, if I need a, if I had a birthday wish, I just want some backstory on Pennywise. Like I want to know how he came to be where he is today from his origins. I think we're going to get a little bit of that from what I've seen in his human form, that Bob Gray. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get a little bit of insight on before he was the clone. I would be down to get some back history on where it came from or if it's like an old world creature or just some kind of entity. I, I have no idea. I have no idea yeah. what the fuck this thing is. But what I'm also excited to see is what he looks like in, in full monster form, you know, because in the first one, it was a spider, right? In the original one, not not yeah. the first one, the original one, yeah. um, the TV version one. And um, it was a giant spider, right? So in this one, from, from Funko Pops and fucking Funko Pops. Anyways, um, when you look at the Funko Pops, it looks more like like lobsterish or or like a praying mantis from the arms. Yeah, but it's good. that's a good fucking uh, good eye on that. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it does look different. That's another reason why I kind of dislike the original. We didn't get too much story on right, Pennywise. Yeah. yeah, that's the character we all fell in love with. Pennywise is the movie. He yeah. is the movie. Besides the loser, the loser Squad, Loser Club, or whatever. So, ho- yeah, I'm, I'm interested in too. I think about that. Hopefully, it's not a spider with a fucking flashlight under its ass. You know, hopefully, we get a little bit something more better than that. But. <laughs> with the flashlight in its ass. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm 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 so fucking excited, man. He, my fellow countryman James McAvoy's playing uh, Bill. I'm I'm excited to see what he's gonna do. Bill Hader's gonna be funny. 
Is he? He is. Is it is interesting what you were saying. He's always been in funny movies. Now he's going to play the funny guy in a series movie, which is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he's going to how he's going to do that because Richie in the uh, TV series he's like a TV show host, yeah, and he's a very unhappy man, but he's like is a show. He has a show, so he has commitment, so he has to be funny all the time. Um, in this, I think they're going to go down the route of a podcaster. Actually, they're going to make okay. it more modern, so he's going to be a like a funny podcaster uh, comedian. So that's what that's what I've heard so far, anyway, which is an interesting take. So yeah, that ought to be fun. And then they have you know the chapter one came from the eighties. Fast forward twenty plus years, he's in our decade our year so exactly. i wouldn't expect to see some like you know pennywise pulling up on a fucking smartphone on the iphone pennywise is right there trying to kill people or you know i, I expect <laughs> i expect some technology kills somewhere or some kind of uh scares from technology can you imagine pennywise in 2019 that motherfucker can't even withstand a fucking rail gun <laughs> tear his ass up yeah pennywise said in dick pics <laughs> <laughs> with that white chalky ass dick and you know, there's some chicks that would probably pay for a Pennywise dick pic. It's going to look like Dr. Seuss's penis. It's going to be multicolored. <laughs> it's gonna, do you know what it's going to be like? Fucking Pennywise is going to make up an OnlyFans account. He's going to make up a premium Snapchat. <laughs> and he's going to do a Patreon on the weekends. He does my free cams. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. $20 a pop. Damn. Hey, it's a cash market, man. Yeah, yeah. It, blow, it blows out confetti. I'm thinking about making my own shit. <laughs> Forgetting it. <laughs> y'all, y'all, let me know out there right now if I make an OnlyFans account. Who's gonna subscribe? <laughs> Call it the 99 cent slimy special. All right. So now that we got the it to talk out of the way, um, I have uh, some trivia for you two fuckers and everyone who's watching. Oh, sorry, not watching, listening to this podcast. I gotta get my head out of the YouTube gutter. Y'all ready for this shit? I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm always loving trivia and stuff like that. So it's mainly going to be quotes. DJ, hit me! This movie is from 1995, and the quote is, I smell a baby. Smells a lot like a baby named Johnny. Ooh. Silence of the Lambs? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Hannibal Lecter would say. Smelling little baby booty holes, that nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I smell a baby. Smells a lot like a baby named Johnny. Hmm. Ninety-five. What came out in ninety-five? Ninety-five. That was that was a weird. That was a weird time. I give out one hint. Yeah, I think I'm gonna need a hint. That's not regular. Can emails. I phone? Can I phone a friend? You can. Uh, no, you cannot phone a friend. That's <clears throat> you can get a hint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's petty. No, that's no. petty as shit. Someone will know this one. Um, the hint would be um, he's purple. Purple. Ivan Ooze? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> ah, he's purple. Um, I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone listening to the podcast like <clears throat> I got the answer. If I can say it. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is gonna be fun. Honestly, I'm I'm a bit at a loss. Shit, the only purple thing I know other than fucking Ivan Ooze is Grimace. That's it. Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> 1995. Oh, oh okay. Rumpelstiltskin. That was a good one. Yep, his little baby's name was Johnny. I think the hint I was going to give would have been too much of a giveaway. It was going to be if you if you figure out his name, he dies. Or he right. That'd have been too much of a hint. Sorry. I so, got you. Rumpelstiltskin, oh. nineteen ninety five. And if you're listening to this, check it out. It's a 
cheesy shit shithole, and you'll love it. Yeah, man, I've, I've we've seen it before. I think we reviewed it in a past mm-hmm. show, and um, yeah. I honestly like I did enjoy it, but I don't remember any quotes from it, so I don't think I would have got that anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, number two. Good. This movie is from 1959. 1959, okay. Don't let the ghosts and ghouls disturb you, love. Darling, the only ghoul in this house is you. Ooh, that sounds romantic. House on Haunted Hill? I was just about to say the House on Haunted Hill as well. Good fucking job, David. Got it. House on Haunted Hill, 1959, Vincent Price. I was going to say the quote as well is Vincent Price. That sounds like something he would say. I might have used that quote on somebody. <laughs> Number three, here's the next one. Are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, or alcohol? What year did the movie come out? In the 80s. In the 80s. I know it, but I'm going to give John a chance here. Are you habitually using drugs or alcohol or any stimulants? Are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, alcohol? Are you Alice menstruating right now? What does that got to do with it? I'm quoting the goddamn movie here, and John's still clueless. <laughs> yeah, What's the one movie that I can quote word for word? It's like Puppet Master 4 or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Reanimator? No. no. My most favorite thing in the world. Is it The Thing? No. Jesus Christ. I just, um, I just got a lunchbox. No. Go ahead, David. Ghostbusters. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And for the viewers listening, Ghostbusters is one of David's top films ever. We actually, his nickname is Slime, actually, from his Instagram and YouTube. So we're not going to explain why that that is, but um, yeah, yeah. David has two points. Oh man, yeah. Honestly, I I do love Ghostbusters, but not to the point where I could quote it. So I've watched it enough times where I could fucking I could probably play it out for you. I was actually I was trying to find the most hardest quote that way david wouldn't get it easily and he fucking that's how you that's how you know he's a diehard so yeah next film from 1933 okay damn he went far yeah i went far the drugs i the drugs i took seemed to light up my brain suddenly i realized the power i held the power to rule to make the world grovel at my feet is it the invisible man good job john the invisible man 1993 are we at a time? Uh, no, John has one point. No one got the Rumpelstiltskin. 1993 Invisible Man is my favorite Universal monster of all time. Even though he's technically not a monster of all time. 1933, not 93. <laughs> 1933. Anything that came after that was shit. The first one was the fucking best. <laughs> I don't know if there's one in that fucking age. Brilliant. And honestly, honestly, as I said that not because I knew it. It's because as soon as you said 1933, I knew that one of your favorite movies is The Invisible Man. So I thought it's going to be from that. So I was just an yeah. educated guess rather than me being a diehard fan. But I need the points. So <laughs> Yeah, that was good. You jumped on that quickly. Um, here's the next one. And the last one, unless someone wins and gets a tiebreaker going. Uh, I'm going to leave one word a blank. It's a dead fucking giveaway. Okay. okay. Blank started as a beaver trapping camp. Still is. Am I right, boys? Is it... Is it at 2017? 
Good job. Dairy started as a beaver trapping camp. Yeah, and I can see this scene in my head. So since this is a tiebreaker, um, and we've never had them before, even when we're on live on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and shoot this one out right now. <clears throat> Here we go. With extreme care, asshole, if the kid's with her, there's a good chance we'll do anything crazy. Ooh. Say it again. That is a good one. With extreme care, asshole, if the kid's with her, there's every good chance he'll do something crazy. Is it from a TV show? No, it's it's a movie. It's a movie? Okay. Because I was going to say Stranger Things, but... Close, though. Um, nothing. David, you got it? I've got nothing. Got nothing? All right, so this movie is called 1996... 1986, uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. This is from the... Uh, <laughs> from Motherfucker. The this is from the sheriff... Because uh, his daughter ran off with uh, the culprit, Tommy Jarvis. Do you know, right? I'm going to say this, but it's going to sound like I, I'm just saying that. But for, for a split second, as soon as you said 86, I thought, man, 86 is when Jason Lives came out. Doesn't sound like a quote from that. Mm. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But, but good job. And that's it for the uh, horror trivia on Hellhounds Horror, fellas. That was good. That was good. That was fun. Uh, if anyone else has any horror trivia, anyone that's listening, um, let us know if you've got some horror trivia or some quotes you want to throw out there. Al's going to be the, the lead on that one. So send it to him and his messages. And uh, we'll, we'll read it on the show as well as any questions you may have for us. Let us know on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably going to be it. Like I don't really have anything else to to talk about what about you guys it's pretty much it for me man i ain't got nothing dude that was a good show excellent well thank you very much for listening uh this has been the hellhounds of horror podcast don't forget to follow us all on instagram at hellhounds of horror and get our instagrams from there we'll catch your asses down the road and remember you know where you can always find us deep in the pits of hell <laughs>